0: (laughs) bootner that's not french no but it's canadian how how is she bootner how is she bootner i I think i drifted into uh into irish or scottish there with that accent
1: yeah i'd go for uh (laughs) west country i'd say which is like west which is like southwest england like devon or something (laughs) like who are how is she her? like something
0: i'll have to uh, uh, I'll have to what? contact Eric Pope and and <laughs> have him give me lessons on Canadian. Uh, what was that, it you said? That's, uh, how, how's she booting her? That how's basically is Canadian it? for... How's it going?
1: How's she booting her? We say how's she cutting in Ireland, okay. which is like a reference to grass. Like, how's the grass do? How's she cutting? How's the grass cut? Does grass cut differently depending on... I think, like, it, it, on an easy day... The grass just comes off, and then mm. and I've actually had a lot of I've had grass uh, drama in my local area recently, <laughs> Have you? where uh, my John Deere is on the fritz. There's a problem with uh with it's, the battery's fine. It's it's there's one of the is it the MG yeah, exactly. The M is fucked. I think the ignition's not triggering. One of them is something's wrong, and I've been trying to fix it. But uh everyone cut their grass here except me, so my grass was like, <laughs> like three foot tall. Uh, and I ended up having to like go to a neighbor and like while he wasn't there, he like told me how to get into his garage, and I took his one and cut my grass with it instead. So grass drama here in Maryland. Welcome to, to Shift
0: F One, she... a podcast about <laughs> speedy race cars.
1: <laughs> How's she cutting?
0: Uh, how's she cutting, everyone? I'm Drew Scanlon. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm Danny you. O'Dwyer. That's Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, yeah, thanks for holding down the fort. You and David Lang.
1: David, uh, David Tiberius Lang doing everyone's uh, best Drew Scanlon fill-in. He wasn't very happy with, the, uh, with my American accent but, uh, I, I, for a race around the world, but, I, but I, I kept with it, and I won him over in the end, I think. I heard that. He was very abrasive. Yeah, he apologized at the end of the podcast for some reason. <laughs> so if you've uh, if you've unsubscribed, hey, we know that's
0: what we get with Dave Lang. <laughs> we knew that going in.
1: Yeah, you can. Dave's
0: great. Thank you, Dave. Also for for helping Thank out. Thank you, Dave.
1: What a gentleman, absolute gentleman. Yes. He's, it's not like he's not busy. It's not like the busiest week in video games isn't next week. You yeah, know what I mean, like it's not like I just it was like you know he's got nothing to do. So yeah, he's a he's a super. Super nice guy. E three is on next week. Are you going to E three, Drew?
0: I I am now. I wasn't, but now I am. Uh, I will. I will be on a Giant Bomb's live show.
1: Awesome. I will too. Although we're yes. missing each other, I couldn't do the same slot that you were in on. And now I, that, I wish I double wish I could insane have insane so segment. Yeah. Well, we could be on with wrestlers year. like last year. Yeah. Uh, well, now we both
0: get to have our own weird segments. Oh, that <laughs> shows <laughs> a lot of fun. I, I am looking forward to it.
1: We need to have a, what, at least one Patreon uh, uh <laughs> representative delegate every uh, representative every week. So uh, f- forget LA though. What, how was your trip, man? How was your trip? Oh, month thank in, you. The uh, Balkans.
0: It was it was uh it was really really cool. Um and uh every everything that I I hoped it would be and thought it could be, but boy was it a lot. We were gone uh total 11 days in those countries. Right. Um Two of those days were spent traversing between them, and we shot like uh, I did at least like thirty interviews. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness, that's a lot of uh, a lot of editing on this end. I'm looking yeah. forward to, to to seeing the fruits. I got to ask you though how how did your parents fare as a uh, as camera ops?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I guess <laughs> I have no idea uh, the, the breakdown of people that listen to this podcast versus know what it is that we do right. uh but yeah um i to keep costs down we were actually vacation we had a family vacation in um in italy awesome. uh and i decided to piggyback off of that and just jump right across the adriatic to uh the former yugoslavia to do a cloth map um uh, uh project there and because we were already going to be over there, ClothMap didn't have to buy airplane tickets. Perfect. And because Joey, my usual camera guy, uh, was predisposed, um, I decided to try to <laughs> see if my parents could fill in as camera ops. Mm. Uh, and I didn't have to pay them either because they're That's my parents. Awesome. So ClothMap <laughs> saved a lot of money on this one. And uh, it's, it looks like we're going to get a lot out of it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy Excellent. With it. Wait, who did most
1: of the, the 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 camera work, I have to ask, was it your mom or your dad?
0: Um, so my dad was camera one um, on on what? people, and then my no. mom was my mom was camera two. You had both uh,
1: of them doing it. Yeah. Oh my god, you had a crew.
0: Yeah. So my <laughs> mom would, but she she has the eye for video, so she got all like the b roll and the artsy shots and stuff. Wow. Uh, I haven't looked at all the footage yet, so I don't know how much of it is in focus, but. Uh, <laughs> The interviews are really good, so uh, at the very That's least, class. we'll have some some good some good audio.
1: <laughs> Excellent! I'm looking forward to seeing it.
0: And you, Danny? Yeah, I, I did the opposite of ways. you.
1: I, I I took a project that was 40 minute drive from my house. <laughs> <laughs> so just so ha- now everyone knows why I moved to Maryland, so I could do a documentary <laughs> on Bethesda Game Studios. Yeah, so we put up a 90 minute doc uh, on a, on our YouTube channel all about the Elder scrolls and fallout series. So if you like those, go check it out and we've got a we've got a bit of a scoop. Next week we've uh, showing off a documentary about the development of Fallout 76, which is a game that was not even announced all but a couple of uh couple of weeks ago. So we we we've been in we've been in on that and in the know for a couple of months at this stage. So it's been it's been fun. We were kind of embedded up there filming stuff. So I'm glad I've got the first project done. The second one's practically done. Um and I'm going off to E3 next week to show it. We're showing it on Jeff Keighley's Coliseum Live stage. I'm doing a Q&A with him and Todd Howard. It's fucking weird. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, really weird. So it's been good. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll as, bet. as you are.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping really well here.
1: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh,
0: you know when else I was sleeping, Danny?
1: You were sleeping Formula One
0: I was sleeping watching the Monaco Grand Prix,
1: oh God, of course, because it was boring it was boring and it, but it was like it was the most frustrated, boring because after the race, I realized I should have been enthralled by it, but i had I had no idea because the Skyfeed had no idea that um Danny had a problem with his gearbox, like th- that never was really- gearbox. Yeah, he didn't have his top gear. That was the problem.
0: Oh, 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 uh, Well. I was, think. I think it was. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danny Ricardo uh, won the Monaco Grand Prix uh, from pole position. But the, you're right. The only drama, really, in this race was that, I think, on lap 28 of 76. Mm. There's a lot of Monaco laps. Uh, he reported that he was losing power. Yes. Fortunately, this was after his pit stop. So he didn't uh, lose a lot of time in the pits, um, but it was an MGUK failure.
1: Oh, was it? I thought he had. A, I thought he didn't have his top gear. Sorry. I, I, so that they're related.
0: So oh, when you lose your MGUK, yeah, right. you, you lose about 160 horsepower, um, and you can't Jeez. get up to uh, your your eighth gear. So Christian Horner said after the race, um, speaking about other knock-on effects, when you lose the MGUK. Uh, By the way, oh, he explains it here. Uh, When you use the (laughs) MGUK, that charges all the energy movement through the braking system of the car. So his rear brakes immediately were not far off going on fire.
1: Oh, my God. Because think
0: about it. When you've got something that's harvesting energy and you suddenly don't have that anymore, there's nothing arresting the motion of the car now except for the brakes. So all of the uh, stopping power was transferred to the brakes. So nice. Horner continues, he then had to wind the brake bias all the way to the front, and at the same time, we were telling him that he needs to start lifting in the braking areas to generate as much cooling as he could on the brakes. With all the balance and setting changes that were going on, he also had Sebastian Fettel one second behind him while leading the Monaco race, so he got that under control pretty quickly. Uh, losing the MGUK cost Ricardo a couple seconds, a lap, says Horner. Um, had it been any other circuit, they would have sailed right past us. Yeah
1: he was he was lapping at one stage 9 seconds slower than his pole which is like that's especially at monaco that's a fairly sizable sizable chunk so it, it, like it was there was a bit of drama because obviously danny lost out in monaco with that terrible pit stop it wasn't oh, last year it was 2 it was years ago wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. um which which was a disaster, totally unforced, nothing, not his problem, um, and especially this week when he ran a perfect week, man, he was he was top in practice. And both Red Bulls were killing it. He he dominated and got pole position. So to, if he had lost power during that race, it would have been just one of these things that was hanging over him for another season. So yeah. I'm absolutely delighted for him. Um, and also uh, fair play to his, I think it was Vettel who sprayed the uh, Princess of Monaco with champagne. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey man. <hey. laughs> When you when you have the opportunity, you gotta take he's it. He's
1: like, you look too much like Charlize Theron, here's some champagne in the face. <laughs> She's a spitting image of her. It's unbelievable. Every time I see her, I'm like, what? Is she? Oh no, it's a different person, different person.
0: I always get a kick out of whenever I hear the Prince of Monaco talk, because he sounds Why? like he's from like, you know, Phoenix or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's a
1: total American guy. Right. Uh, speaking of monegasks or not, uh, the only other incident that happened was uh, Charles Leclerc plowing into the back of Brendan Hartley.
0: Yeah, um, speaking of brakes,
1: yeah, poor guy. Speaking of lack of brakes, he almost tried to ditch it in the wall to try and get out of the way.
0: Yeah, but Hartley was there. Yeah, you can actually see kidding. in the replay uh, his front left brake. I don't know. I don't know if you could say it explodes, but there's like a puff of black smoke. Yeah, uh, you can see just, yeah.
1: it go. And and then in the replay, I, the first time it happened, I was like, man, he really misjudged that braking zone. So, and I was like, <laughs> how, the, how the fuck did he get that wrong by, like, 50 feet? And then I watched the replay, and one of the wheels is just spinning like like no one's business. It's yeah. just the, the, one of the brakes is on, the other one's off. What was a little bit disappointing, I think, for Hartley was that they'd they messaged him about 30 seconds earlier, I think right around Casino, where it's um, uh, saying that he had a problem, or that Leclerc did have a problem. Um, yeah. And, and that he should be able to pull away from him. So, obviously, I don't think that was necessarily the same problem, or maybe it manifested in the break or something, but if Brandon was, if he was defending more on the inside, like, you know, um, so I forget who it was, who, who Verstappen got past eventually. Science. Um Science, Carlos Sainz, of course. He wants that Red Bull spot. Um, <laughs> he was, uh, uh, if he was defending on the inside, um, he would have been, it would have been fine. He would have just he'd gone, Leclerc wouldn't have hit anyone, but he he wasn't actually he was just sitting in the driver line and unfortunately got plowed into but that was yeah. pretty much the race right there wasn't really much else going um
0: on. yeah i mean uh so verstappen in free practice 3 crashed uh and yes. was thus unable to set a time in qualifying and started at the back of the grid uh, yes. by the way if you, like uh i hadn't seen that they didn't um i only watched the qualifying in the race and they like didn't show that incident um So I had to go back and watch the, uh, I think it was maybe the race recap on F1's YouTube channel. But anyway, watching from Verstappen's, um, uh, like, you know, driver perspective camera. Yes. Uh, signs comes out of nowhere.
1: Oh, really? Uh,
0: right around that. Uh, it's not the first chicane. It's the, is it the pool section where Verstappen crashed last year? Like he, he has clipped that. It's the really sneaky wall that a lot of people clip. Um, he did it's the right same thing the this year, but it was right after, like, he came around a corner and signs just there. And it, yeah. like, watching the video, it startled me. I can only imagine <laughs> uh, what it did to uh, Verstappen, so. All right, um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, he's a Formula One driver. That stuff's not supposed to phase him. Uh,
1: how, how, how did you watch the race?
0: So I, uh, while I was in Italy, I signed up for F1 TV. Oh, wow. And I was afraid of doing so because you <laughs> going to ge-
1: Geolocate you and... Yeah, because you can go and look. There's like this you'll big be, old grid
0: yeah. on uh, <laughs> on F1 TV's site that says like, here's what every country gets. And some of them get like the full, you know, watch live, all the cameras, all right. watch the archives, all the everything. Uh, but there's like that lower tier that I think you and Dave talked about where it's just the archives, right? Right, right. Um, and yes. Italy is one of those. You can't watch okay. live and so I didn't want to sign up for the wrong thing, but I think because I signed up with my American address and my American credit card, it knows I'm American.
1: I think I th- when I signed up to it, I remember it literally asked me like the one of the first pages on the thing was just like what which country are you in. Okay. So I, I maybe you you did that and you you didn't remember doing that or something, but I it was literally like it was, like, on the drop-down list of, like, okay. what, where you are. Uh, the one thing I always worry about, because this happens to me all the time, man, because I'm, like, in Ireland buying stuff for America and yada yada, right? Just on Amazon and all this stuff. Sure. The one, th- The one thing that used to irritate me was that every once in a while, I, it happened recently when I signed up to a Patreon when I was in Ireland that it added, like, European VAT to it. So <laughs> there's, like, one Patreon I've signed up to where instead of paying a fiver, I pay, like, 540 every month because I just haven't cancelled it and turned it back on again right. or something. <laughs> That's a nightmare, but that's go- so it worked fine. Then so no, Italy, or? Uh,
0: I I tried to play it in Italy with my right. American account, and it wouldn't do it. Oh, that's um, annoying. So and then I think I went to. It's all a bit of a blur because it was kind of a while ago. Uh, then I went when I was in Serbia. You were um, trying to
1: watch the VOD, right? You weren't trying to watch it live.
0: right? Or, uh, and. You know. In Serbia, which I think has none of them, none okay. of it is available in Serbia. It was just like no, you, nope, not nothing at all. Right. Uh, but I was able to use a VPN <laughs> in Italy right. to watch the VOD. So, Where did
1: you VPN to though? What was the what was the nearest country that? Well, I had to VPN happened.
0: to the United States. Oh, you did. So oh, I went to like so New annoying. York or something. So I had to trick it into thinking <laughs> that I was in America. But they said before the thing launched that VPNs wouldn't uh, wouldn't work with F1 TV. So either they haven't fixed that, or that only pertains to uh, like people who have like an, an account in Italy and an Italian credit card VPNing to the United States. So maybe that doesn't work.
1: Right. Yes. That makes but sense. But me with yeah. my
0: American account VPNing to the USA, it worked. So that's great. If you're abroad and you have an American FT, uh formula One TV account, it will, it will work. I can't, I can't say how well a live thing would work because it's a lot yeah. of bandwidth going over a, a VPN. Um, But uh, VOD was, uh, was fine.
1: It's weird, man. I've I've had, like, people on Twitter, like, saying all kinds of things, like, some people could not watch it live, some people are fine, some people, the VOD wouldn't work for them, some people are fine, like, I've I've been fine, I watched the, I didn't watch it live, um, I forget why, I think I was out the night before or something, and I, but I woke up the next morning at, like, I feel like relatively early, like, maybe 11am or something, and so, like, maybe three hours after the race finished, and it was already up, um, And I watched it, you know, VOD without getting any spoilers, and it was it was great. It worked worked a treat.
0: Yeah, I uh, I've only ever watched VOD. I've not watched live, um, and it has worked fine for me. But I'll tell you the thing: they absolutely, absolutely must change. Uh, And I cannot shout this from the rooftops loudly (laughs) enough. Uh, When you go in to the F one TV homepage, which Hmm. is currently the PC is the only way to watch it
1: um right
0: they wait a second did they change it du, du, du. nope it's still there uh <laughs> <laughs> you go to the races for this season and it shows you the podium
1: oh you're kidding
0: yep so that's F, oh fuck, man f1tv.formula1.com really? slash en slash current season you go to Monaco, and it just says, right next to the button that says Race Replay, it says, Ricardo, Vettel, Hamilton.
1: <laughs> doesn't Come it, doesn't on. Even, it doesn't even Come let on. you, like, second place might be a mystery. Like, right, yeah, it's like, like, here's
0: the entire finishing order.
1: Yeah. That's really bad. MotoGP, no spoiler, needs to be the, Absolutely. the industry standard for this sort of stuff. Yeah. Dude, uh, can I talk to you about Formula E? Yes, please can do. Can I jump... Can i saw I jump to- your
0: tweet saying that they had put up their archives
1: yeah can i can i jump to an email actually okay yeah uh, uh this person is going to remain anonymous because they asked to do so but this one uh comes in um uh about formally e. it says a few episodes ago you mentioned that you'd stopped watching Formula E because the races weren't available on youtube anymore and um, which was true right they had highlight sections up but they didn't have the full races which is what i really liked watching which exactly like, and and that's the like dumb. they
0: they had it for a, for a while. They were doing it where like it would go up three weeks after the race, which Ugh. is a long time. Uh, yes. But then I think they changed it where like if you were in America, you just, nope, sorry, not in your region.
1: Right. Uh, so, sorry. He, he continues on. I work in digital video production, and I'm partially uh, responsible for Formula E's online presence, and I have oh. good news. Formula E obviously has broadcast deals in place and the waters have been a little bit muddy recently regarding when full races can be, a ma- uh, be made available globally on YouTube. I passed your comments up the chain and now every race so far this season has been uploaded with zero geoblocking uh, to view at your leisure. And then he links to a playlist that they made. Whoa! Uh, f- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so from now on, under current uh, agreements with broadcasters, new races will be uploaded a week after they take place. Formula E is currently enjoying a typically unpredictable season, so you should now definitely catch up uh, when you have the time, as there are only three races left. Um, the next season, we have sexy new Gen 2 cards to look forward to, which a certain Nico Rosberg recently took for a spin, which is true. There's a cool little video on their channel about that. I uh, hope this gets you guys back into Formula E a bit. I uh, hope you didn't read too much like a press release. Uh, I love the podcast and appreciate you talk- taking your time out of your busy no-clip slash cloth map schedules to record it. Um, really enjoying those projects to keep up the good work you do. So thank you to that individual. Um, wow. Uh, and isn't yeah. that insane? That's so I have, awesome. I, i i got this email i think i think it might it it was like after 11 p.m about a week ago right that night in bed i watched three races (laughs) (laughs) i have i have since watched the entire formula e season wow Um, skipping forward a little bit because you know i got that little 15 second tap on the youtube Uh on phones so I, i use on my phone right so uh, so every once in a while I'll just tap 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 a couple, of, a couple of laps if it looks like nothing's going on or there's a safety car or, or something yellow flag, yeah. it has been a fantastic season it's so good so if anyone's out there who's at all interested in Formula E or watched you know the first two seasons um, uh, I think this is season four yeah it is the fourth yeah. season 2014-15 was the first um, I skipped off a bit last year um, but I've watched every race this year and I'm absolutely loving it it's okay. fantastic all right. so far
0: great I would love uh, to be back in Formula E. This is this is perfect.
1: Yeah, it's a great excuse for it. And uh, like you said, there's a, there's only a couple of races left um, on the calendar. They've Zurich, which is on June 10th, so that's uh, this Sunday. Um, and then the last two are in New York again, uh, which is the in in mid July. So if if you get on it now, you'll be basically caught up by the time the the July New York doubleheader is on. Um, yeah, so it's 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 uh, it's super good. So thank you so much to that individual for passing it up to Jay. No kidding. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. What All should right. we ask for next? We've got, we're in, <laughs> we're we're like F1 influencers. I had no idea. What should what should <laughs> Wait, we ask don't for? Don't influencers get paid. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um What should we ask for next? Maybe hmm. maybe i don't know formula one i mean bring back pastor is the only thing i can yeah. think of but he might be ready for what was he doing now oh he's, he's doing um endurance He's doing endurance yeah who's enduring who <laughs>
0: <laughs> good question uh let's run down the results of monaco past sure. the past the podium it's danny rick on top sebastian Vettel in second and lewis hamilton Rounding out the podium in third place. Behind him, Kimi Räikkönen in fourth. Valtteri Bottas in fifth. Uh, I don't even remember seeing those guys during the race.
1: <laughs> I, no, I didn't see Valtteri once.
0: Uh, Esteban Ocon in sixth. Uh, Pierre Gasly in seventh. Nico Holkenberg in eighth. Max Verstappen making his way up to ninth place from to the back of the grid.
1: Get those points.
0: Uh, and Carlos Sainz in tenth. Uh, behind them, Marcus Ericsson, Sergio Perez. Ericsson in eleventh. Way to go. Uh, right. Perez in 12th, Magnussen, Van Dorn, Grosjean, Sorotkin, and Stroll. Not classified were Charles Leclerc, Brendan Hartley, and Fernando Alonso, who went out with a gearbox problem.
1: did. He pulled off uh, just at the end of the, the star finish straight? The poor guy. Real, real pain in the ass, that one. Uh, yeah, and it, it was a real shame for Hartley as well because he almost got away with it because I think his wheels were actually... I think his wheels might have been okay. Even though he got, there's a slow motion crash of that or uh, replay of that crash, which is pretty intense. But um, his his rear spoiler, his rear wing was just. He looked like a stock car. He had to just see it. It was like, oh,
0: yeah, like a sprint car, like <laughs> a the sprint car, the angled yeah. ones, yeah,
1: totally. It was it was like a real, yeah. It was like, what is that car doing on the track kind of situation? <laughs> um, yeah, so a real sh- a shame for him, I thought, because it almost looked like he might have gotten away with it, but he didn't, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well from one french-speaking land to another
1: right we the
0: second of three in this stretch
1: oh is france next after this yeah <laughs> somebody fucked up man like <laughs> this was well, the wrong order to do it <laughs> like get like monaco and and france you know probably within 50 miles of each other yeah, or something well, you're right <laughs> <laughs> They have to ship all the cars to North America in between. You're
0: right. It's smack dab. It's Azerbaijan, Spain, (laughs) Monaco, Canada, France, (laughs) Austria, Britain, Germany, Hungary, Belgium, Italy. What is that about?
1: Yeah. I guess there's nowhere to put Canada where they don't leave like you put Europe. it with the other French stuff, I guess. Yeah, it just looks—it looks specifically stupid, or even more stupid now that they have to go back to France after being in Monaco. <laughs> That's so silly. um Yeah, do you want to talk about the Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve? Let's. Uh, it's a fun little circuit. I love this little one. It's uh, it's in Montreal. It's on the little island uh, in the center uh, of the city. Um, the 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 circuit is a fun one it's it's got probably the weirdest DRS situation maybe in all of in all of F1 um it has a detection zone which is before the hairpin, at the you know, the crazy hairpin that they come to, Mm -hmm. they they take it like a V. They, like, come in at a corner and they don't take it wide. They just... It's almost like they do the least amount of track possible to get through it. But the DRS detection zone is about a turn and a half earlier than that (laughs) uh, for the first uh, activation point, which is the back straight. Um, And then once they do the little shimmy by the wall of champions, there's actually another DRS activation zone there. So almost always if somebody gets the first one they've gotten the second one obviously um there can be a little bit of back and forth there uh for for jostling for position uh and in fact if you remember nico rosberg doing his cheeky little going straight there because that's where the pit entry is Mm -hmm. um sometimes uh you know they they obviously what do they do they put a cone down or something and said if you go if you don't go around this then you have to give up the position or something a
0: cone danny you have been living in america a while
1: what is it? A bollard? A bollard?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess I have. I guess I have. Um this is uh, Michael Schumacher's uh, favorite track uh, or at least the track is is Michael Schumacher, he's the best at it. Um, he's got seven wins on it. It's also the uh, only time the two brothers have been on the podium in F1. Um when him and, and Ralph came first and second, back in God knows I don't know two thousand and three or something. Um, Hamilton loves this track. He's uh, second in terms of wins. He's got six of them. Uh, Sebastian Vettel not really much of a fan of this track, considering what happened to him in no, twenty eleven. Nah. No, 2004. Was it twenty eleven? No, just yeah. Was it? I always forget that year. The one with uh Jensen Button winning. Spoilers. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's, it's twenty eleven.
0: We always get this wrong, but I think it's twenty eleven.
1: I think it's 2011. Um, 2007 was also. You can now watch uh, on the archive. You can now watch it on the archive. Uh, Sorry, I spoiled it. (laughs) Uh, uh, 2007 was uh, another record-breaking year when uh, Lewis Hamilton won his first race, being the first black driver to win an F1 race. Um, he's also he won it five times since, and has won <laughs> hundreds or dozens more of them um, uh, in the uh, in ensuing years as well. Um, it's uh, in terms of the spots to keep an eye on on this track. It's it's a fun one. It's like it's tough on the brakes. It's uh, mostly it's a fourteen corner uh, uh, track with quite a lot of laps. It's got um, seventy laps. I feel like the the parts to to look at mostly are the area probably the drs activation zone and the wall of champions area which if people don't know wall of champions is it's basically the wall on the inside of the final turn that uh, a bunch of very famous drivers have hit into f1's
0: youtube channel has a like a uh uh, what do you call it uh a cut of all the champions that have hit the wall a super
1: cut oh one by one by one yeah very nice it's good um I feel like the first section of the track is very busy with interesting areas. Uh, the second sector is kind of boring, except for that part that Vettel decided to spin out on. Uh, and then the third track, the third uh, sector is the sector of the track where most of the actual overtaking happens, but it's just on that double straight. So the first area is very interesting. It has a very weird, like pit exit that sort of comes in halfway through turn two. Um, uh, turn one and two, there's always in- incidents happening there. They're very It's a crazy wide turn, and it's also um, quite long. Um, so even on the first lap, you tend to get quite a lot of people shimmying for position there. Um, and then they sort of go into that weird wooded area between turns three and four, um, coming up to six, which is where Vettel had his little uh, spinny. Um, and that whole area often has a lot of incidents. It's where Alonso beached that year. Um, there's areas it, it's the only part of the track i think that's the part of the track that is just a regular road during the year so it's less wide and it's kind of like higgledy-piggledy and all over the place so people tend to spin off there go off into the grass come back on have a little bit of trouble and um, like i said the rest of sector two is like not really that much happens there um the only incident i note know i can think of was actually that year that hamilton won 2007 where robert Kubica had one of the most aggressive crashes oh, i've ever seen in f1
0: that one is frightening
1: Terrible, terrible crash. You ended up you ended up being relatively okay from it. Um uh and then like I said, the casino straight the on the the, the back straight and, and the the start finish straight are, is where the lion's share of the overtaking happens on this one. Um but yeah it's a tough race. Brakes get hot. It's generally quite hot there. Like the the races tend to be uh quite warm themselves. It's the only track where somebody who has raced there had a track had it named after them. I actually don't really know um what it was called before that. Um uh but uh yeah it's a fan favorite uh, ho- seats about a hundred thousand people uh, we got some emails some people get it to later who are heading to the, uh, heading to this one as well and uh from what we've heard from people who listen to the podcast it's a it's kind of like melbourne right it's like a track that's just kind of plumb center in the in the city and everyone who's working around the city during the the race week and race weekend can constantly just hear these cars going around and around and around um it's one that i've definitely wanted to go to it's probably like in my top three races i'd like to actually attend uh, just haven't gotten around to it yet danny i've got some breaking news for you oh here we go
0: fia adds third drs zone for You're Canadian kidding. grand prix oh yeah
1: oh can i guess can i guess can i guess uh-huh um i'm going i mean the only other straight part is between seven and eight uh where the, the bridge is you know the little land bridge goes over it
0: yeah it's not totally straight it's got a little curve at the end correct yeah, that's it.
1: Weird. Where's the so is the detection zone before turn 6 then? I don't I don't know. That's funny. Sorry, I looked up I I, I do generally look up this year's stuff just in case, but uh it's
0: a, it's a recent uh, edition.
1: There you go. I mean, I can see that, that that it's a there doesn't tend to be overtaking in that section because of what's coming up because they usually around then is when they're trying to get close to people so that they can make the attack on the casino straight. So I'm interested to see because there's kind of a one-two between the first and second DRS straights. Like turn one isn't that difficult to try and get it down on the inside of somebody. So what people who lose out on the casino straight, if they go in a little bit heavy into the the little turn of champions shimmy, if they, have, if they break late, then that gives the person they just overtook a bit of an advantage for the next part. So it's it, it's almost like instead of being a 1-2 scenario, it's now a 1-2-3 scenario. Because like, if you overtake them on between 7 and 8 on this new DRS zone, then it's almost certain that they're going to be within the detection point because the next detection point is after turn 9. So it's like 50 feet after you've just overtook <laughs> someone. So you, chances are they're going to be right on you again. So that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe... Uh, in a way it feels a bit redundant like maybe people won't use it because they'll be worried about getting overtook or or maybe it'll actually be um make it really interesting i don't know i i kind of suspect the former but hopefully the latter
0: yeah it's generally a uh, a circuit with you know um a lot going on like it's it's yeah. generally an exciting race so uh throw another 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 spanner in the works i'll 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 take up the uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel not American words. Yeah, you can, you can be you can be the culture vulture this week, especially since <laughs> you you you've spent more time in Europe the past couple of weeks than I have anyway, so it makes that's sense. Tr-
0: that's true. Uh weather, Danny, for the Circuit Gilles Uh on qualifying day, we were looking at partly cloudy. Um we'll start with Celsius at 22. <laughs> around, that's hot enough. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty two around there. Uh, or uh, high 60s, low 70s for you mm. uh, Fahrenheit people. Uh, that's, uh, let's see, oh, we also got a five mile an hour wind or eight mm. kilometers an hour and a precipitation of 10% chance. Moving on okay. to Sunday, uh, no precip, uh, very similar temperatures and uh, similar wind. So favorable conditions.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: Uh, Tire-wise, we go. we've got... Uh, super Soft, uh, Ultra Soft, and <laughs> Hyper Soft.
1: Do you hear they might be renaming them? Or, or getting rid of all the names?
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard that uh, they're just like, look, we just have soft, medium, and hard for every race, and like they'll change behind the scenes, but no one needs to know exactly the chemical compound of these tires.
1: Yeah, which seems which fair.
0: It does. Yeah, I, I get it um gonna
1: give us different octanes of fuel every week <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: uh I, you know i i hope that they would at least make that information accessible um yeah but uh yeah, for those I, who I, want I,
1: to dive into it, like t- yeah, I totally agree because like the the I feel like the tires, the tire situation in Monaco ended up being the defining part of the race. Like how none of those tires seemed <laughs> to work. Like yeah, none of them and, seemed and to. And no one
0: had tried the hypers. Oh well, wait, is this right. the first hypersoft? It was the first hypersoft race, right?
1: Monaco was. Yeah, it was the first was time. Was it Baku? They used Okay, I thought it was Monaco. Okay.
0: Well, it, it would be nice to know when teams are experimenting with a new compound, right? That they maybe don't yes. know about. Um, but I, I totally understand why Formula One would do this. It's because, you know, it's <laughs> uh, they want their your TV viewers who are maybe new to the sport to really understand. It. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, they don't want them tripping over this ridiculously detailed tire thing. I get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, according to Pirelli's infographic that they release before every race, uh, we've Ooh. got... Asphalt grip of one out of five for uh, the, uh, the circuit. Uh, downforce is a two. Tire stress is a two. Traction is a five. Mm. Uh, and lateral is a one. <laughs> I don't know what the difference between traction and grip is.
1: Traction, I guess. Mm, I wonder if one of them has to do with. Because the, no, they're very
0: different asphalt grip is one and traction is five i don't know what that means
1: yeah if somebody knows actually that might be a good f1.co slash emails yes
0: <laughs> um and continuing on uh we got some news danny uh <laughs> i listened to the last episode of shift f1 but not the one prior so i don't okay. know what you've dived into so if i start with something just say no we talked about that no problem um, this is fairly recent, though. McLaren turns down Toro request for Norris to replace Hartley. Oh, really? So, apparently Toro looking to uh, to ditch Mr. Hartley. Um, this is from racefans.net. Uh, McLaren has turned down an approach from Toro for the Formula 1 reserve driver, uh, Lando Norris. Toro is believed to have requested Norris, who is currently heading the Formula 2 championship, as a replacement for Hartley. Uh Hartley was a surprise addition to Toro's lineup when the team replaced both its drivers toward the end of last season. He had previously been part of Red Bull's junior team but was dropped in 2010. Hmm. Uh so it seems like he was always Hartley was always maybe a stopgap solution. Right. Um and if he was super stellar, maybe they'd keep him around, but he hasn't really been I think he's had a lot of bad luck, but Uh What position
1: was he in when he got crashed out? With Leclerc, I mean, it was Le- Leclerc, so probably not particularly high.
0: Uh, I can check that for you, but I closed. the Yeah, tab. I don't
1: know. Um, uh, yeah, Hartley is he's, he's sitting on one point at the moment, which obviously is not great considering Pierre Gasly has um, eighteen, uh, so underperforming there.
0: Ah, uh, he was in eleventh.
1: He's eleventh, so he might have gotten yeah. points. He might have gotten himself a point, maybe or something. Although he was getting, yeah, I don't know. Yeah what can you do yeah I, I i can i can see that maybe he's he's not he's not a sprint chicken either is, is he i always think he's younger than he is but he's not he? he's, he's, he's he's not good. no he's been around like he's, he was doing a, he was in a bunch of other racing stuff before yeah he's 28 oh no sorry that's his car number <laughs> he's that uh, oh no he is 28 <laughs> oh nice <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i mean maybe that's a good thing it'll slide a fire under his arse and maybe we'll see a different brandon harley in canada
0: uh perhaps also lando is a great name
1: yeah, Lando's. Yeah, it's a fake name. It's like a James Bond <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've got. A, this is all a, a mix of like cool video and hard hitting news. So bear with me. Oh, it's the internet. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Means um,
1: and documentaries all together. <laughs> F one uh, 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 side by side in your case. Actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one and the same.
0: Uh, Formula One released a cool. Uh, video of Pierre Gasly wearing a helmet camera, which is very similar to um, what you may see in IndyCar. They actually they uh, show the IndyCar helmet camera oh, during nice. the race, which is which is kind of awesome. But I, I thought it was it was interesting to see not only a Formula One car from this perspective, but Monaco from this perspective, uh, just right. to see how violent it must feel to these drivers to go around uh yeah the one tracks and the other thing that i thought was really cool about this video was the fact that you get to see what it looks like when they look in their mirrors um, yes to see what how much they can actually see of their car and behind them i thought that was really cool so i'll link that ah. in the show
1: notes i love the um the halo as well from the perspective of the helmet cam it almost looks like you're in a car with a sunroof <laughs> it's like <laughs> you can like or what do you call them moon roofs they're like really big ones like one of yeah. those things um yeah it's cool i i I really enjoyed that i I wonder i always wonder as well about cameras that like you know like stabilization in cameras sort of like mirrors a little bit more um the human head because we the way that our we focus on things means that even when we're shaking it's not shaking like that it's yes uh, we're perceiving it so it's a the camera shakes a lot so i bet it doesn't shake that much when you're in the car probably it's like maybe easier to focus on something this
0: this one is hard to watch um, yeah
1: it's speak. it's fair and it also keeps zooming in and out a bit doesn't it like it's cyclically like unfocusing focus. yeah yes yeah
0: someone didn't uh turn off autofocus <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> something that i learned to do on my trip
1: <laughs> oh i bash yeah especially with yeah fair enough
0: uh moto gp's mark marquez yeah. drove a formula 1 car wow really yeah you know I they miss this. they do this sometimes
1: um i,
0: I think, mean, the other uh, way around
1: maybe like because you don't have, but you don't have to lean if you don't. Well, I guess you probably do actually in MotoGP. You probably have to lean to get it around the corner. Oh,
0: I think yeah, if, I think a an F1 car going to... or an F1 driver going to MotoGP would be wildly different and very difficult. Yeah. But these guys, you know, they've driven cars before. They just happen to be motorcycle specialists. Nah, they
1: just drive bikes everywhere. <laughs> I mean, they, do. they probably do.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, the RaceFans.net has a, an interesting. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's an interview with him, but he's, he's they got quotes from Marquez breaking down the differences which is always fun to i don't know i like hearing the differences between the sports um right. he says one of the differences is that in MotoGP you can see everything in formula one you are like inside a box and then you only see two wheels just in front and it's quite difficult because we're used to riding another way uh the most difficult thing with the formula one car is the braking i already nice. checked in the simulator and to understand the way to brake is the most difficult thing because with motorbikes always we brake and we stay there with the brake, and Formula One is completely different. You need to brake so hard in the beginning when you have the downforce, then release. Marquez said he could already feel the strain on his neck from the downforce after just three laps in the car. The downforce is incredible, he said. Every lap you are faster and faster, but straight away the car is giving me a good feeling, so I didn't expect this, but the feeling was there, and we are trying to manage well, but it is incredible. The nicest thing is uh, in the fast corners, you're turning so quick and so fast, it's stable. It's so stable
1: that's awesome coming that's, from
0: an, a MotoGP bike yes stability i'll bet is a is a revelation
1: that's yeah totally right especially taking corners when like that's when they're on the edge the most they're just they're like they're trying to feel out like how much they can they can be on their side and um, that's a good point actually like when they're on the bikes on the MotoGP, gp they're basically like they can turn their heads and look behind them like they can yeah. they can see everything so it's they, they have they must, to they
0: actually they don't have mirrors
1: Right, yeah, it's 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 there it must be a totally different way of driving. That was in uh, Spiel, Spielberg, was it? On the yes, the red the Red Bull track, the Red that's Bull cool. Ring. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was I thinking? Oh yeah, there was another element of this with the, with the the Formula E thing that came to mind just when you were talking about Marquez and the braking. Um, there's something that came up a bunch in the races, um, and I, I I probably can't communicate this very very effectively, but there's an element of the braking that's different in Formula E because of the way in which the um battery systems are recharged in that they have to keep messing with the um the brake balance on the rear because the charging thing it effectively like runs the wheels backwards like it's it 's applying so much brake kind of like the mg u k thing i guess right with, with the problem that Ricardo had maybe in Monaco where the rear of the car it's like it's like it 's operating against the brakes yeah. to charge itself yeah, and like the flywheel right and then when that's not working they need or if it's happening less on certain corners or certain parts of the track that they have to keep shifting the brakes because of it and there was a couple of times where people had faults and it meant that they're like their wheels were just doing crazy things so they had to like (laughs) keep changing them so that was an element of the engineering and team radio that was like really interesting um for me coming from f1 into formula e which i i guess was probably always there but maybe they weren't surfacing it as much or something but it's like a whole other part of the battle which was kind of like a new flavor in in formula e i really enjoyed, so that was that was kind of cool
0: awesome yeah you know Mm. i you you worry a little bit with uh with formula e especially next season when they are uh the races are going to be one car no no pitting basically uh, right, because right now they you hop out of one car and into a new one. You don't recharge your battery. Uh, and do but, you know that?
1: Do you know that halfway through the season they got rid of the um, minimum time? Oh, really? They did. Yeah, and it and it was kind of like mental, like like <laughs> so people could basically the fastest. It used to be that they'd have to be there for maybe forty seconds, right? So it was it a the concern. time to totally. Yeah, so they did, They weren't just trying to like get in the car and go before their. Um, their their seatbelts and the seatbelt thing is another problem where if you if your seatbelts are off like you have to come back in and have somebody sort out your seatbelt and it's happened a couple of times especially since the they've gotten rid of the the minimum because they're just driving out and it's like can you imagine being in an f1 and a a formula e car that hasn't got its seatbelts fastened properly yeah that's insane that's like being on a roller coaster without being strapped in it's nuts yeah so sorry they got rid of yeah they got rid of that as well so it's it's all very weird
0: uh, it's about to get weirder because Felipe Massa is entering the championship in the 2018-2019 season. He's not, he's not weird. He's he's a driver.
1: <laughs> no, he he can't stop driving. He loves it. Uh, uh, cool. I like it. I like the Formula yeah. E becoming a. It's a it's a it's like a vacation island for <laughs> geriatrics and people who couldn't get Formula One seats. It's it's a uh, whole. I,
0: I think of it more like the CFL.
1: The Canadian yeah. Okay. Football yeah. Yeah, I can see Or playing that. basketball in Europe. By the way, Europe
0: <laughs> loves basketball. I didn't know Oh,
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's like certain countries in Europe that are super basketball, and then there's other ones that don't give a shit. Um, Although, Eastern Europe. Just, just, I mean, the Eastern Bloc. Like, just all the former yes. Soviet countries. I think it's because it's like, I don't know. When I was in Poland and when I was in Russia, I got the idea that it's because it's like an indoor sport. So for the winter months, it's applicable. And it's also like cheap, like soccer, right? All you need is a ball and a hoop. You can kind of do it. But for whatever reason, they're mad into it over there.
0: Uh by the way, if you if you want uh, some laughs, look up um the nicknames that Chinese people have given NBA players.
1: Oh my god, so are they super the NBA, or something?
0: No, no, no. The the NBA is really popular in China, but the names are difficult because they're all Western names. So Chinese people have given NBA players their own nicknames so um (laughs) uh, oh my god
1: yeah i see these oh my oh my god oh my god steph's curry one steph curry's nickname can i tell you it's uh fucks the sky (laughs) translated it's fucks the sky one of curry's phonic names phonetic Kulu, which is the second character, is a combination of the ones "sun" and "ground," but also slang for "fuck." Oh, this is like the first of three tweets about it. Okay, I'll I'll get into that. That's weird.
0: Uh, there's a player named Giannis Antetokounmpo, and his Chinese nickname is Letters Bro because his last <laughs> name has so many letters.
1: <laughs> That's amazing, Letters Bro. Kobe Bryant is snail shell. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is the giant shark.
0: <laughs> because the, uh, the fact that the first sound in Chinese for shark, shayu, sounds like the first sound in Shaquille.
1: Oh, I love that. This is so pure. Clay Thompson is just the Buddha because of his short curly hair. <laughs> That's so funny. Kevin
0: Durant is school bag do because he used to often wear a backpack <laughs> to press conferences and do is short for Durant
1: <laughs> school bag do school bag do.
0: Oh, those are great oh, that's sports.
1: Great. Danny. What's Robert Kibitza's Chinese name? <laughs> Why two uh, F1 drivers? Energy drink. God. Yeah, probably right.
0: Uh, there is, I wish I wouldn't, I would have gotten a shot of this, but I, it, I uh, I My camera was down every single time we drove by it. But in Serbia, there was a giant billboard for an energy drink called
1: Hell. <laughs> that's all energy drinks, true. That's just a sign <laughs> for energy. That's a commercial for energy drinks, full stop. And it just had a giant
0: picture of Bruce Willis.
1: Oh my God, really?
0: Yes. Serbian people I'm- love Bruce Willis because he drove a Yugo in one of the Die Hard movies.
1: You're kidding me. Yep. Why? That's amazing. Yep. I mean, it's no Mike Tyson's Black. No. Which, nope. Which is the, best, the weirdest and best energy drink of all former Soviet countries. Oh uh, moving on. Moving on.
0: Uh, Porsche took one of their uh, Le Mans prototype cars and... Blended kind of it. Unregulated it and oh, raced gosh. it around the Nürburgring. Uh, Did and it flip the, no it drove real fast and broke formula one records <laughs> Really? Uh, and it does not look real it is so fast it does not look real
1: what's the name of the guy? it's a it's the porsche uh,
0: it's the porsche uh, um 919 hybrid evo here i'm gonna okay. send you
1: the link so you can see it
0: it just doesn't it looks like it's being you know when you see old old film that's been sped up it looks like that yes
1: like low frame rate but it's been sped up to like real frames so it doesn't flicker yeah yeah so it doesn't flicker oh my goodness let me have a look at this uh this will be in the show notes by the way which you can access via f1.cool or on the uh on the podcast on your then. app yeah It's good stuff i'm watching was, a, a shot from this is i'm watching a different one i think Oh, my goodness, that's fast. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is...
0: Ugh. Running without restrictions increased its power from 500 to 720
1: horsepower. Wow, that's quite the bump. Yeah. Yikes. And still made it around. Yeah. That's fair play. God, it's gorgeous looking. It's uh,
0: nice. Moving on. LOL. The pace car crashed at Detroit.
1: Oh no, really? Did you see this? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh
0: some some incident happened at the uh Detroit IndyCar race or one of them, there were two this weekend. Um or last weekend, I guess. Uh and the pace car crashed.
1: <laughs> oh my god, it crash. Oh my god, it crashed so bad.
0: Yeah, it it's oh a my- it's a hard hit too.
1: It is, and it spat uh debris onto the track.
0: Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> it did- was it was not good. It was also That's a a, uh, okay, a GM right. executive driving it
1: what why were they because it's like like, for
0: it was like a brand new uh camaro or something
1: oh no well i mean that probably it probably actually worked out really good for its marketing because it's now going to get memefied or whatever but sure that's insane oh yeah look at this guy he's like walking out with his hands on his hips like what have i done (laughs) oh that's nice. oh no sorry the guy who walked out is like oh he's in a suit that's something he's wearing a white shirt oh my god (laughs) yeah he fucked that car up (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's bad My God.
0: Uh, Continuing with the videos, noted vlogger Nico Rosberg uh, (laughs) and his dad drove around Monaco, each in their championship winning cars.
1: Very good. Which
0: I thought was cool. So I'll I'll link that as well.
1: So just during a regular day in Monaco, they just like...
0: Uh, No, it was for the weekend. So it was all blocked off. They got to race in their actual cars. (laughs) I think it was for a a Sky segment or something. I don't know. But he has like some behind the scenes stuff on his YouTube channel.
1: It's very, uh, yeah, very... Interesting channel. Good channel. Very, uh, got a lot of personality, that guy. <laughs> like he sure does. He's, uh, yeah, he's going somewhere in the influencer world.
0: Uh, managing director of Force India and Guy Fieri impersonator Vijay Malia is stepping yeah. down. Uh, bye race bye, fans Vijay. Understands that a source. Uh, from a source at the team that Malia has relinquished the role in order to concentrate on his ongoing legal problems. Malia is, yep. of course, fighting extradition to India, where authorities are seeking to prosecute him over allegations of fraud. He also just lost a £1.15 billion lawsuit from his uh, from some Indian banks.
1: Yeah, he's uh, apparently not swimming in the money so much anymore, maybe, as well.
0: No, although he does intend to continue as team principal, uh, he has un- been unable to leave the UK following his arrest last year. He has been giving input to the team's r- race weekend operations via via oh boy, via a dedicated control center set up in his house.
1: Skype. He's skyping <laughs> yep. in. Yep. He's he's skyping in. He's on Discord with with the engineers.
0: Ah. Uh. Uh, uh speaking of formula one tv archives more archives are coming cool uh it was did, sort of it, sporadic i guess
1: i feel like there's a decent amount on there already like you know they didn't promise they'd have everything up there right away but it's, it's a pretty good back catalog. it goes back pretty far as well
0: yeah apparently this from formula one's website until now our archive collection was made up from footage gained from the national host broadcaster the company which filmed the race at each circuit for every Mm. race on the calendar from 1981 to 2001 then f1 took over the entire production uh now to add to that already impressive and burgeoning collection f1 has secured the brunswick archive the biggest archive of pre-1981 material so we're gonna have stuff going back to the 70s that's awesome yeah
1: brunswick man i haven't heard that name in a while
0: yeah uh, cool. Jalopnik is reporting that after a Montreal woman accuses him of sexual assault, F1's Kimi Räikkönen has oh, filed God. an extortion complaint.
1: Oh, God.
0: So, uh, they apparently talked with the woman who initially wrote a blog post alleging, uh, and did not name Räikkönen,
1: uh, Okay,
0: that she was, uh, apparently groped by him and one other at a bar that she worked at right um but now reikinen is not only uh claiming that that is untrue but is claiming harassment and extortion
1: as did you say montreal yes so So this happened in 2015 2015 2015 okay all right i guess well you can take that two ways right either this Individual is is trying to get money from a very rich person, or Kimi Räikkönen doth protest too much himself and is and is getting on the defensive, uh, like fighting fire with fire or whatever. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Have they say have they said what's going on, or are they gonna? Is it going to? Is it was that a counterclaim? Is it like a lawsuit? Or
0: I mean, it sounds like he is uh, denying and and. Uh claiming harassment and extortion so
1: right well i wouldn't want to be getting into a legal fight with somebody who's a formula one driver no yikes i have to see how that one ends up
0: yeah uh did you guys talk about the game boy camera that someone brought to an f1 race
1: i i've uh, it's weird right because i i thought like when I, i we didn't but i remember when this happened i i thought something i thought something similar happened in spa last year I thought I remember seeing somebody posting pictures from a Game Boy camera or Japan mm-hmm. or something. So is this the same person? Because people were floating around on Twitter again, but I was like, I think I've already seen this.
0: Yes. I, I. So what was new to me was like the behind the scenes of how he did it. And it's ridiculous oh. because he took the Game Boy camera and then somehow rigged up like a gigantic telephoto lens to it. Oh, right. So of there's, course. There's like some uh, blog post that... Uh, People were linking us to on the, um, uh, the Twitter account. So I will I will link that as well. It's, oh, it's cool. just fun to see like the camera or the the lens is like dozens of times
1: bigger than a Game Boy. Right. So it's more about the like behind the scenes of how, how the person put, it, put together. it together. Is it? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I was. I. It's a good point. Actually, I hadn't even thought about that because obviously you can't just take pictures with. Like it would just be like. Like, because the pictures are all super zoomed in, right? The whole thing is.
0: Uh, yeah, cool. they they look like they're from far away, but the Game Boy cameras for like your face, so. Right. Uh, but wow. yeah, that's that's how that happened. Uh, also, let's see. Uh, Also, people, a lot of people linked us a lot of articles. So, um, I, I, you know, apologies, I'm not gonna credit everyone, but thank you everyone for sending all of this stuff in. Thank uh, you. Five thirty eight did a uh, one of their big data um, analyses of the right. best Formula One driver of all time.
1: Okay, well, so we they got.
0: they used the e, the Electric Light Orchestra rating system, uh, <laughs> which is I think it was uh, first used to rate chess players, but five thirty eight does it uses it to rank like NFL, MLB, and uh, NBA teams and stuff. Uh, so they it's it's a way of i guess quantifying goodness i don't really know that much about it the uh, article which i will be sure to link uh goes into it but uh they i think that the most notable piece of data though is that they uh they throw out races where the driver didn't finish because of a crash or mechanical failure okay that seems fair um do you have any guesses as to the top uh the top drivers or drivers? does it
1: take does it take into account how good the team they're on or no
0: so it's just I think it's it's dominance within compared to the rest of the field I think that's how it's
1: I'd, I'd probably say number one is Michael Schumacher in that case he's number two really yeah okay is 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 number one pre Schumacher? Yes. Oh, is it? It's not Ayrton Senna, is it? It's Ayrton Senna. It is. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And who's three then? Alonso? No. Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes way more sense.
0: And then we got Fettel in fourth. Uh, then it's fifth is Fangio.
1: Okay. Yeah. Who raced from
0: 53. The best five years uh, were 53 to 57. Hmm. Then uh, Alan Prost, Mika Hakkinen, Nikki Lauda. Yeah. Damon Hill, David Coulthard in 10th place and an 11th Nico Rosberg. Really? Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Nico Nico uh, Nico ahead uh, of Jim only... Clark and Nelson Piquet.
1: Yeah. I mean, but he only had one championship, right? Correct.
0: Yeah. But he too. was he was with Mercedes for a long time and they were very dominant. So compared to the rest of his field
1: Right, and he also managed to win it over the number three of all time on their list. I wonder if that makes a difference. Like, his teammate was... Like, that was a harder championship for him to win than some of Schumacher's.
0: Could be, yeah. They also break it down by decades and then show, like, a visual representation of um, their greatest rival during that time. So you can kind of get a sense as to, like, how competitive was Formula 1 in that time. Right. Um, And the current... Uh the current one is really interesting because it's Hamilton and Vettel and they're just trading it back and forth which is right. you know uh, looking at that you know the all-time chart Hamilton and Vettel are right next to each other uh and the fact that they're currently racing against each other now is is pretty cool. Right. So that's I mean for all the data nerds out there I will I will link that it is uh intense. Hmm. but pretty cool. That's right. Um there was that MotoGP three crash where a guy jumped over another bike. Did you see that? Yeah, oh yeah. I think God. we
1: might have talked about that. That was that was insane. That was something else. Jumped over and then re- retained control of the bike.
0: Yeah, in the gravel.
1: Yeah, nuts. Like use the bike as a ramp.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I will. I will make sure that has been linked, and if not, I will link it.
1: MotoGP is a is a nuts sport for crazy people. I will continue to think that. Yeah.
0: Um. Speaking of nuts things, Daniel Ricardo posted a uh, a video of
1: Blue Coast Brewing Company. I saw. I saw. Man, I could not. I could almost taste. It's a very.
0: It's a very cryptic nine seconds. So still not
1: convinced that this is real. Nope. It's a signal for his rest of his Illuminati fucking sex party friends in the beautiful world of celebrity sports. (laughs) Uh, One day, one day we will we will taste the Asia coast on our on our lips, Drew. I promise you, before this life is out, before our flames are snuffed out, I will taste Blue Coast. Daniel Cardo's sweet, sweet brew on my lips. So to speak, and his beer. And uh,
0: his beer. Ferrari mixes up t- Montreal and Toronto ahead of Canadian Grand Prix. Yep, they uh they did some like promotional video that showed the cityscape of Toronto <laughs> with the CN Tower right in the middle, and then it says Montreal, Canada.
1: Yeah, thank you, Joe uh, Herpiger sent me a, that was one of the emails we got as well. Um, it's pretty, it's like, it's like maybe the most. Um, recognizable skyline in all of Canada, like right. It's, it's, a, the, it's the it's the only city I can tell you what it is in Canada. It's the uh,
0: the official tourism board of Montreal responded to <laughs> Scuderia Ferrari with my face.
1: No, really? Yep. Oh my god! Blinking white guy, Blink, all blinking up white in guy, Montreal Twitter. Maybe that? Maybe they're you know they're big F one fans and they know that maybe they did blinking blinking white guys in on the formula one life he lives that formula one life
0: he does uh so (laughs) much so danny that i am playing the beta of the formula one trading card
1: game oh why excuse me yep there's a formula one trading card game there is indeed oh my god this makes me feel even worse for forgetting to fill in my fantasy football (laughs) fantasy formula one league which I keep forgetting to do. Uh, how's the game? What's it on? Is it on a phone or a PC? It's on. Or what uh,
0: it? It's on. I have it for uh, iOS. Okay. I don't know if it's on Androids yet. Um, it's you know, it's
1: one of those. It's one of those. It's it's trying to get your money. You
0: spin. You spin the wheel. You get card packs. You open them up, and oh, you've got uh, five out of ten from uh, Red Bull.
1: Okay. Uh, it's not like you're like constantly getting like, fucking just weird like take nue cards. over, and over. <laughs> they're all pretty recent i think that gets...
0: there's even i think a there's an aspect to this of oh this race just happened here's some cards from that race Oh, okay which is kind of cool uh and there's also a game part of it that you use your cards for which i right. appreciate uh I, I haven't played a lot of these Like, I think WWE Supercard is the one that Giant Bomb was always talking about. I never actually played it. I imagine there is some, like, interactive aspect to it, but uh, there definitely is for this one. Um, And uh, it's fine. It's. You create a deck of 12 cards, each card has a uh, one of five (laughs) different turns. Okay. Uh, So you want, when you go into a battle, you want to have enough of certain kinds of turns so that you can make it around the track, right? Because if like, you play like, a right turn when it's a left turn, uh. then you're not going to go as far.
1: It's not like it's like specific. It's not like oh Rouge. It's no, like no, no, no. It's like turn. Okay.
0: sharp left, medium left, straight, medium right, sharp right.
1: Okay, all right. And
0: then each card has a rarity rating from 1 to 10, and the rarer your card, the stronger it is so a combination of your turn and your rarity boosts your car down the track
1: right so it's an open beta it's in
0: you can sign up it's uh i guess that means it's closed beta but you can just go to the site i'll link it and you can just put in your email and i got an email like the next day so
1: cool use the code name shift
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly uh, uh, and they, ins- they definitely have like oh you want to buy some cards three bucks you know they have that right. stuff in there it doesn't look like you need to but if you want to like round out your collection
1: right uh I, you inspired me to look up i just googled i was just thinking uh what maybe the worst f1 drivers in all of f1 history maybe are um and i came to a bleacher report article and i'll just read off the last one who's an individual i totally forgot about uh this is a chanak nasani um, and it is number one. It says, the closest, most, the closest most Formula 1 fans get to competing in the sport is through the dreams or chosen video game console. For successful Israeli businessman Shanak Nassani, his dreams became reality when he bought himself a drive for the Minardi team. <laughs> Nassani only took up racing as a hobby at the ripe age of 38, but made his F1 debut during practice for the 2005 Hungarian Grand Prix aged 41. 2005? Well, uh- I know, this is ridiculous. Well off the pace, Nisani span into a gravel trap before being craned off in the circuit whilst still seated in his car because he couldn't remove the steering wheel. <laughs> so I, I'm surprised they allow, like we now have super licenses, I guess, because yeah. like probably yeah, for like,
0: that exact reason.
1: That's like dangerous, man. You kind of like, random old dudes who don't have the training. I'm sure he had some training, but, like, that seems, like, reckless at best. Boy. That's like the, you know, it's the F1 version of of throwing the first, you know, getting a kid to throw the first pitch or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> letting someone ride right in the car, that seems like a bit much.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, extracurricular Official Formula One games, F1 Fantasy, still going strong. Uh, I mean, we got 385 entrants. I am 164th. Oh boy! Uh, it tied for second. We got a two place or two two team tied for second. Speedy McCready's, which nice. is great from the USA ish team, also from the USA, and our number one from the USA. Hypersoft heist.
1: That's good. That's good. What what points are that?
0: Uh, number one has four sixty five, uh, and number two is tied with four sixty three. So oh, that's that is it's very anybody's close. game. That's right. It and is. then we have a one, what? two, three, four, five way tie for fourth.
1: Oh my God! Well, name those. What are the teams? I want to hear the top uh, ten at least. or top ten teams, not positions.
0: Uh, Rainbow Skid Max. <laughs> From Sweden, Skid Max. Uh, I, I'm going to say this. It's from USA, but I'm going to say it like it's spelled Gratis Ragazzi. Very nice. Uh, Gondo GP from Britain.
1: Okay.
0: Yachting with Kimmy <laughs> from Canada, <laughs> and Yoke F1 Team from America. And I'll do I'll do uh, nine and ten. F1 is the team name from britain and nice. uh in uh also tied for ninth place from the united states Bo party
1: Bois. sorry
0: oh uh, there's, yeah. there's some good ones in here honey badger express
1: that's good david
0: coltar's chin <laughs> hey zakarab
1: f1 from croatia representing Uh, David Coulthard was in one of the Formula E races, I think. Was he really? I think he might have been. I can't remember. I watched them at three in the morning, so some of them might have been just dreams (laughs) I had after I fell asleep. Okay.
0: Favorite one so far. What you got? Sauber, I hardly know her. (laughs) That's great. That's great. That's enough. (laughs) Nice work. Uh, All right. Should we go to the driver standings? in sure, real formula one life do it lewis hamilton on top with 110 sebastian Vettel close behind with 96 daniel ricardo in third place with 72 Valtteri botas in fourth with 68 Kimi reichen and in fifth with 60 uh and then a bit further down is verstappen in sixth with 35 Alonso in seventh with 32 hulkenberg mm-hmm. in eighth with 26 Sines in ninth with 20 and kevin magnuson with uh 19 in 10th place. Gasly's got 18. Perez has 17. Then we jump down to Alcon in 13th with 9, who's tied with Charles Leclerc. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn has 8 points. Lance Stroll with 4. Erickson has 2. Hartley has 1. And bringing up the zeros are Sergei Srotkin and Roman Grosjean.
1: Jesus, Grosjean. Unbelievable. It's, I know. Yeah. I know. It's a nightmare. Nightmare season for him.
0: Uh, constructors. Happened. Mercedes has 178. Ferrari's got 156. Red Bull in third with 107. Renault's in fourth with 46. McLaren close behind with 40 points in fifth place. Mm. Uh, Force India is sixth with 26. Scuderia Toro Rosso Honda is tied with Haas. Haas. With Gene Haas. They both have 19 points. Uh, Sauber's got 11. And Williams has four. At least no one is pointless.
1: Yeah. There you go. Well... Except for the drivers, except for the tri- two drivers,
0: I you know what I, I would love if those guys would just get some points. I, I would. I don't like seeing pointless
1: people. No, totally not. Um, I'm sure Siroc going to be delighted to get a point. Grosjean needs to. Like yeah. he doesn't want to be going to the French Grand Prix with zero points. It's not. Doesn't want to leave it with zero points. Surely, uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. I, I can see him getting. You know, he was like the. He's done really well in other racing disciplines or other racing divisions, but. This is... He could end up on the chopping block with this one. This is this is a real stinker of a year. This is a bad enough year that, like, even if he... He's going to have to really pull out the second half of this season to, to make a case for his seat.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, I mean, some of the
1: stuff wasn't his fault, obviously, but, like, some of them were definitely his fault, so... You know, what? It was the, the, maybe you could argue it was the team's fault for giving him such a bad start to the season with that horrific double pit stop calamity they had in Melbourne. But, like, he's he's also had a couple of unforced errors and just hasn't had the pace as well. So, let's see.
0: You know what? This is this next race is Haas' time. So, I'm going to leave yeah. him in on my fantasy team.
1: Oh. Although it's dangerous. going well for me so far. <laughs> I'm glad one of us has the trust in them.
0: Uh, maybe I should put in Toro Russell. I don't know.
1: I like uh, when you say
0: Toro, so. Toro. Danny, should we take it around the world?
1: I think we should probably. <laughs> Don't look at me. We're using webcams now, and you're looking at me while I'm doing this. It's <laughs> Do freaking it, me. We should race around the world. I have to close my eyes. Close my eyes.
0: <laughs> I love your race around the world, Danny. Thanks. I'm not mean like Dave
1: Lang. <laughs> Dave uh, Lang, he's, he's a dad. He's just honest. <laughs>
0: that's that's why i'm here i, I want to like i want to i want to comfort you with the sweet Whoa. sound of camping world truck which i uh, realize we must savor because they're changing the name
1: yes if you i we talked about this last week obviously you, you heard and it's it's horrible uh, can you give us a rendition of the new name do you have it on front of you there
0: uh i don't let's see um
1: it's um, it's kind a it's, it's a real ter- it's a real stinker of a name it's not even a it's a terrible rebrand it's um it's not even like they have just changed it to a different type of oh version geez.
0: yeah this is terrible yeah it's a real clusterfuck um Gander Outdoors
1: yeah it was a it was a logo for the podcast that week as well
0: Gandor, Gan- Gander
1: Gander <laughs> Outdoors Truck I think it's longer than that is it Gander Outdoors It's just, I thought it was, in my head, I thought it was longer than just three words. Because then you could just go, Gander (laughs) Outdoors Truck.
0: It doesn't really have
1: the right ring to it. No. Is it NASCAR Gander Outdoors? I guess it was it, did they call it NASCAR Camping World Truck before or not?
0: Uh, I mean, probably technically. Because
1: I feel like they kind of need to put NASCAR back in now, because what the fuck does Gander Outdoors Truck mean? (laughs) What did Camping World Truck mean? (laughs) Okay, man. In my entire life, listening, watching, listening to Camping World talk or hearing you talk about it, I just, Whenever I think about it, even though I've watched races in it, I always think about Winnebagos flying around the Indianapolis <laughs> Motor Speedway. That's just in my in my head. That's what it looks like. Like camper vans.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think applying the um, the rolling start, uh, <laughs> you know, voice to Say to Gander so. Outdoors. It just wouldn't. I, we're gonna have to come up with something new
1: say it ain't so. Uh
0: yeah, maybe the outfield. Maybe maybe that'll work. Um mm. World Rally Championship is in uh Alghero, Italy for mm. the Rally Italia Sarde- nice. Sardegna. Sardegna. Sardinia. There you go. <laughs> uh Verizon IndyCar is at the Texas Motor Speedway for the Texas Indy 600. Oh, yeah. World Superbike Championship is in Autodromo Brno. in, is that Czech Republic? Feel yes. the Brno. Feel the Brno. Danny, you have a future in marketing. Thank you. Uh, yes, Formula E is in Zurich. Ooh. The NHRA is in Virginia Motor Sports Park for the Virginia Nas- Nationals. Mm. Uh, oh, my gosh. I forgot to say the Camping World Truck race name. It is great.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a good one.
0: Uh, and I think I have to say it in the NASCAR voice because, okay, Dave, camping trucks are racing the Rattlesnake
1: 400. <laughs> oh, my God. Stone Cold Steve Austin presents the Rattlesnake 400. <laughs> I mean, 400. it's in Texas. Oh, my God. Oh, I was there- I. I, had a fr- I have to tell you the story very, very quickly. Please, I, the, a friend of um, me and my wife's was was over a couple of weeks ago, uh, she, uh, sitting down from New York for the weekend, and she was in getting a tattoo somewhere. And somebody, this guy, came into the tattoo shop and said, "Okay, I know exactly what I want. I've never had a tattoo before, but I know exactly what I want. I want Stone Cold Steve Austin on my on my like arm, but his hands are rattlesnakes." <laughs> <laughs> right so she was like so this guy came and like nobody wanted anything to do with this guy right so like the, the one of the ladies who's like doing the tattoos goes out to him and is like okay well it's probably like it won't fit on your hand just by the size of it and she like drew a version of it and was like you, you'd probably want to put it like somewhere else like on your thigh or your back or something or something like that so it was like yeah do it on my thigh and like he like wanted to go ahead with it so then she shows me this instagram post from that place and it's like this literally the crudest... We- it doesn't look anything like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And like at his like forearms, his hands, his arms turn into fucking rattlesnakes. It's like the most <laughs> absurd thing I've ever seen. And now whenever I think about Stone Cold, I've got that weird image. I'll try and find the Instagram post to see if okay. we can put it in the uh, in the show notes.
0: Oh boy. Uh, Well, thankfully NASCAR won't have to contend with rattlesnakes because they're not... In uh, Texas, they're at the Michigan International Speedway for the Fire Keepers Casino 400. Oh, my God. Keep keep the fire, Danny.
1: Keep the fire. Keep the fire burning, man. Don't let it. Don't quench that fire.
0: Uh, you can quench your own fire by watching Formula One this weekend. <gasps> First practice kicks off June 8th, Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. How about that? Mm. Second practice is 11 a.m. Third practice, June 9th, Saturday, at 8 a.m. Qualifying at 11 a.m. Very reasonable. And the race, Danny, (laughs) June 10th, Sunday, at 11.10 a.m.
1: Perfect timing. Perfect timing for all of you, all us North American scum. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Excellent.
0: Uh. Okay. Yes. We went through
1: um, we went we went through a bunch of emails but I, I probably just like w- during the show but it's probably one more I want to touch on. Okay, really yeah. we stood that's alright uh, this is from Richard Pippi uh, Grosjean's podiums um, uh, we, I had a little bit of a surprise I couldn't believe that Grosjean had had 10 podiums uh, he said uh, last week Danny and Dave seemed surprised that Grosjean had 10 podiums on his resume it might be a distant memory now but he used to be on a good team Lotus he was their number 2 driver behind Kimi when they were good and then Kimi went to Ferrari and one Pastor Maldonado joined the team and suddenly they were competing with Marussia Caterham <laughs> ownership changed sponsors have dried up and the whole team was sold to Rano that's very true I forgot about that um, he also followed up saying, I'd also like to let Danny know that here in Newfoundland, the main Ooh, psychiatric try again. hospital, Newfoundland. Th-
0: there you go. They're going to be angry. Oh, damn it,
1: <laughs> Newfoundland. New. I know Newfies are like it's like where Waterford people ended up going because I I remember there's a Newfoundland, Newfoundland Labrador festival that we did ah, in Waterford okay. for a while. But he said, uh, sorry. <clears throat> I'd also like to let Danny know that here in Newfoundland, uh, the main psychiatric hospital is called Waterford Hospital. <laughs> Uh, in the sc- in the schoolyard, you would often hear kids say, "You you must have escaped from Waterford," or <laughs> Do you-, "You need to go to Waterford," as a way of calling someone mental. Last week's discussion of Waterford girls left me confused for a brief second. As a result, I can I can empathize not only as somebody who is from Waterford, but as somebody who grew up across the road from and played on the football team of a psychiatric hospital. Uh, I can totally understand where uh, Richard is going from. Wow. I grew up I grew up across the road from St. Otterin's Mental Hospital and people would say you're you, ha- you have to go into Otterins or something like that. But my favorite thing was, you know there'd be like a football chant or soccer chant. It would be like you'll never beat the Arsenal or something like that. Our chant was you'll never beat the mental and everyone <laughs> used to call Otterin. they used to call our team the mental. So, uh yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Richard. Fair play. Thanks for the email.
0: Wow, that's great. <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, as always, you can find our show notes on F1.cool. Ooh. Um, I thought I had something to say about your Waterford comment, but I guess I don't. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, we always used to say um,
1: Shady Acres. You- you're going to go off to Shady Acres, which is from Ace Ventura. <laughs> I-, I was about to say I recently <laughs> watched Ace Ventura, and I was like, that sounds familiar. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, was that like you and your like your small group of friends, like your tight knit friends, or was that like a thing in the school?
0: Uh, no, I just mean my friends. That's rad. Yeah, Shady and my Acres, family. Yeah. yeah,
1: All I think about when I think of Shady Acres is him spiking the ball, wearing the tutu, and doing uh-huh. the weird dance. Yes. That, like. <laughs> that that movie, like, I'm not sure if it holds up is the right word, but it's it's as dumb as I remember it being.
0: I just watched Dumb and Dumber recently, and it's right so stupid.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure if it. Some of the jokes really work. I mean, I'll say that it's Ace great. Ventura, it's just
0: really, really dumb, right? Which is you know, I, what you, Ace what Ventura. I
1: you could probably say is is a bit like for 2018. You could say it's it's a bit like homophobic and transphobic, maybe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like now that I think about it, um, and perhaps sexist as well. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, when I think about the lady at the start, he brings the dog back to. Even as a child, I used to wonder, how did that guy who had the dog get with that girl who he gave the dog to? Remember like remember the guy he oh. stole the dog from at the start? It's that really big character actor guy. He's like a big, beefy dude. Yeah,
0: he's. Uh, and, isn't and he's, he the like, one super... in um, uh, uh, Happy Gilmore that's wearing the shirt that it says, Guns don't kill people, <laughs> I kill people? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were they... Was, was it, it his, were they, was it his ex that he stole it from or did he I just steal so. a dog? Oh, I don't know. No, I'm going to have to go back to the I, thought, I, sure I thought it
1: was his ass cause she, ex because she says like, what they, was, I think she refer, asked him, ask, she's talking to the dog and saying, daddy won't steal you again or something oh. like that. I don't know. Huh. Let's do We should do a podcast on Ace Ventura. We should. It. Yes. And also when nature calls. Ugh. <laughs> oh
0: yeah that's that's, it different movies i yeah there are parts of nature probably i think about a lot
1: yeah well the rhino scene i think is a fucking classic sure like when he when he's coming out of it what do you think of
0: uh the chitty chitty bang bang uh (laughs) you must be the monopoly guy uh the shadow puppets there's so many classic moments bumblebee tuna
1: oh yeah i had a i, I had it this is weird that this has come up but I, jeremy who films, collect the whole set right um jeremy who uh has filmed some cloth map stuff as well and he films yes. most of the the, the clip stuff Um we had an we had not an argument we had a discussion about ace ventura when he was over here actually um weirdly enough uh and i think he was referring was it him oh god it might have been esteban actually was referring to the the Monopoly guy joke as, I forget what it's called, but it's basically the laziest joke in comedy. It's when you, like, there's no reason within the world for that guy to be there. They dressed him up as the Monopoly guy so that they could do that joke. It's not like, it's not like part of any other structure of the movie. It's it's like the cheapest joke possible. And he was, we are having like a discussion about like the comedic value of uh, Ace Ventura, which is like just like 12 year old comedy or whatever and he was like that that apparently is a whole thing where it's like that movie is just full of like non jokes that are just that, jokes I could because...
0: see that about the second movie. Uh although in that particular right. scene he is infiltrating like, uh, it's like a party fancy dr- of fancy yeah. people so but that
1: guy's dressed up like so much no like... one else <laughs> is dressed like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very silly.
0: I'm going to have to go back and watch Ace Ventura now. Uh yeah. but until next time, I am Drew Scanlon, he's Danny O'Dwyer. You can say you say your own name. I'm Danny Dwyer. <laughs> if you want to support us, we are both on Patreon. Danny at patreon.com slash noclip. Me at patreon.com slash clockmap. Anything else? Danny.
1: No, that's that's it. Looking forward to it. Canada is one of my favorite races of the year. I say it every year. And uh, I'm hoping this one is as good as previous years. Me too. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow. Yeah.